This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your host, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tayak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. Yes, you are on The Glow Show, Joy 94.9. Welcome back for uh, the new grid and, yes, yeah, season three for us. I'm Will and, yes, Gabby, welcome back to the studio as usual. I'm glad I'm here, but I'm not very happy that I'm here today. What's wrong? What's happening out there at the moment that's made you not happy? Because we had to call, well, it's at the usual time, so it's not really a different thing, but it's an emergency episode today. Emergency? Because people are doing the wrong thing while they're driving, mm-hmm. and our deaths on the road have increased dramatically, which is why well, yes, we, we have, have someone very special. special. I'm here, guys. I'm here. It is Beck. Thank you. Beck Please. from Highway Patrol. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> How you got been? Beck here. She, she's got some important messages. We need everyone to dejected, pay attention. To be honest. Yeah. Last time I was here, I had such wonderful news. We mm-hmm. had the lowest road toll ever. I step away from ever. the microphone. Ever, ever. Ever, ever. Step away from the microphone for a few weeks. Neck minute. Everyone's falling off the road. So going back to yes. the episode a month or so ago, mm-hmm. we we were celebrating. We were celebrating that we were. Uh, our road toll statistics were heading in record lowest levels ever. Everyone was doing brilliant out there. Yeah, for the year twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. people were actually staying alive. Amazing. But what's going on? Well, I think. Uh, well. Lots of stuff, mm-hmm. but I think we should analyse it as a family. All right, let's do it. So we're coming up to Easter break, which means long weekend, and we all know long weekend, renowned for an increase in collisions, an increase in serious injury, an increase in, in fatal collisions, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So let's talk about it. It's already up 42.6% on last year, which is oh my massive. God. So we've gone from way, way down to way, way, down. way up. And that's in compa- that's comparing to the same time last mm-hmm. year, right? So we're 42.6% up from the same time last year. So we're, we're comparing, you know, it's mm. comparable data. And that's going into, like you said, the long weekend where yeah. the, those incidents are generally increased. Correct. We don't want that to happen. No, we do not. So out of that, we've got 52 of these fatal collisions have happened on rural roads and 25 have happened metro roads. And remember what last year we were talking about those age brackets that are, you know, that are highly at risk and how we're going to manage those. And it was our older drivers mm. and that hasn't changed. So out of that uh, 77 um, lives lost, 13, which is the highest um, accounted for, is 70 plus. So we've still got an mm. issue with our, our older drivers. So this is what we were talking about last time about, you know, family stepping in and, you know, making sure that we're keeping an eye on our older family members. And then, of course, it goes the next two highest categories that are represented are 60 to 69 and 50 to 59. So it's it's, it's the... It, don't get confused and think it's always these young, at-risk 
drivers with a higher, mm. you know, capability of taking risks. You know, we're talking about, you know, mature adults that are that are uh, unfortunately losing their lives on our roads. And we have a massive percentage over-representation of motorcyclists. So I noticed that. I think if we just, like, we don't have to have data so much to, that we, we can probably just think about this reasonably. Um, we're coming up to Easter, so we've had some great weather from the, you know, from the start of the year. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of people that might be just weekend riders that are taking their shiny bikes that have been in the garage out for a ride with some mates. And they're not either riding to their capabilities, they're trying to keep up with their friends that might ride more often or might be more experienced, or they're not riding to the road conditions, or, you know, we've got other... Um, vehicles on the road. We've had a couple of long weekends already, Australia Day, Labor Day, etc. So um, they're just overly represented and it's it's frightening. And obviously a motorcycle is extremely vulnerable on the road. You know, we're not surrounded by that hard metal shell. So mm. what can be a very small um, misjudgment or a small correction can obviously have devastating effects. So the motorcycle deaths, are they something that we're looking at every year that there are decent or large numbers or is it for some reason this year? This year has just gone through the roof. Yeah, last year we had a little bit of an increase in in the amount of, like to start with, the amount of motorcycle collisions and um, deaths. Mm. And again, you know, you have to add those things into it, the long weekends, the good weather. You know, there's a lot of fine weather riders Mm. out there, Mm. you know, that aren't experienced riding in wet conditions or they're not experienced riding in heavy traffic or on country roads or you know, um, in uh, two-way um, high highway speeds, you know, 100k zones. And I think the message needs to be that if you are one of those people that just takes their motorcycle out on the weekend or, you know, once a month, that you're making sure that you're riding to your capabilities. You're making sure that your motorcycle is in excellent condition. You know, if you have it sitting in the garage and it's, mm-hmm. you know, accumulating dust or you're not having it regularly serviced, you know, we need to keep on top of those things. And riding to your capabilities is a big thing. If you're riding with friends, it's really it's really hard to, to take a step back and slow down sometimes for people. They want to keep up with their mates and there's a little bit of ego involved mm. and there's just a little bit too much of um, some risk-taking behaviour that's involved in that. And like I said, you know, uh, one, one foot or half a foot over onto the wrong side of the road with, on, a, on a bend, on an apex that you're not familiar with, with perhaps a negative camber. You know, we talk about all of these things you've got to consider mm. on a road you're not familiar with fatal consequences. Has people analysed some of the reasons why motorcyclists particularly are vulnerable? Is it really just the inexperience that's stepping up or standing out? So many things. And and like even with uh, inexperienced riders, believe it or not, the number one cause of collision with inexperienced riders happens on a straight road. It doesn't happen on a bend. It happens on a straight road. I think one of the things with the motorcycles, their braking ability, people forget that they can brake two or three times better than what a motor car can. So they're probably very vulnerable to being rear-ended and injured. Loads and loads of different reasons. But the, the biggest thing is that you're the one that's in control of that motor vehicle. And only you know what you can and you can't do. And if you're going to push those limits, you need to understand that there's consequences. 
And it's a ripple effect, obviously. We speak about this all the time. It's going to affect your family. And, of course, the poor person that's hit you, if you've hit somebody else or if you've ended up in a culvert and, Mm. you know, all the people that you're riding with, like, it's just, it's not worth it. I know you haven't had a chance to probably analyse the exact data and and where there might be some spikes and some jumps, but I Mm. have heard some complaints from the Motorcycle Riders Associations around the the state and they say that the these new road barriers that we're having on highways these cable ones which uh-huh. are great for cars yeah but they're just literally i hate to use the word cheese cutters for for motorcycle riders yeah are we seeing an increase in deaths on say on the highways or some of the motorways where these cable safety barrier installations yeah, look, are happening look i i don't have that data mm. but i know that it has been an issue but let me put this to you, the um, the Armco railings, the Mm. big steel ones that we had prior to that that you'll normally see on the left-hand shoulder of a road do just as much damage to a motorcyclist. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And I I have been to fatal collisions where um, that term cheese cutter could be used in relation to an Armco railing. It is sharp steel. Mm. Uh, Look, I love my bikes. I I don't have one. Yeah. Um, I'm always looking and thinking, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting back on a bike again and but, yeah, look, I'm knocking on the door of 50 and it's probably not the wisest idea anymore to be thinking about it. And well, you're just in that age cat- category. Yeah, well, that's right. Know? Yeah, <laughs> so it's probably, if you want to hear me a little bit longer, I'll probably get a, <laughs> get a bike. But I think the biggest thing is, like, I, and I totally understand, uh, and it's important that the Riders Association, Motorcycle Riders Association do uh, put their two bobs worth in when it comes to these infrastructure changes. I, to- I, I would definitely say to do that but it needs to be added to their own risk assessment when they're riding so if they see those uh, wire rope barriers is to take that into consideration when they're deciding the speed and mm. you know the turn that they're taking as you would in any other circumstance it's just an additional risk but there are more cars on the road that is a fact and those wire rope barriers do sa- save uh, save lives especially on those rural straight edge roads where there's oncoming traffic so i guess for visibility it's smart to wear something bright Definitely, yeah. Uh, don't be wearing your black no, no, no. leather jacket and nothing else so you you don't stand out. Don't exactly. do silly things like cutting in between splitting lanes and driving in between trucks and cars. That's not safe. Yeah, it's just about risk assessment, isn't it? Like getting, getting a few metres ahead of traffic is sometimes not worth it. You know, we talk about lane lane filtering quite often and, you know, there's rules surrounding that and that is less than 30 kilometres an hour. So... You know, that is to reduce a risk. If you're doing that on a multi-lane freeway like the Westgate Freeway, well, you've got rocks in your head. Mm. And, you know, it's hard for me to be sympathetic in those sort of situations. Everyone wants to get home and everyone wants to get home five minutes ago. Now, Beck, you're on the road a lot, obviously. And so what's your gut feeling about the, our bike riding culture out there? Do you think that there's a lot of people just taking unnecessary risks um, having bad attitude do you think we have a bad culture in victoria i don't think so no, no. i think generally um people just want to get to where they want to go um i'm talking safely. about motorcycle riders yeah motorcycle yeah. riders included yeah and i'm one myself yes and i think um generally um people just want to get somewhere safely and of course like any other sort of road user you're going to get rogue bicycle users you're going to get road rogue car users and and heavy vehicle users as well but the 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 majority of people want to do the right thing and i don't think um there's any other explanation um for this increase specifically with motorcycle riders other than a poor um risk assessment on their own capabilities in the majority um so i think the attitude is okay in relation to the way uh, we ride, 
I think the uh, lack of understanding of road conditions and your own capabilities is where we might be lacking. So just slow down, read the roads. If you haven't had a lot of riding experience, go do a two-day defensive riding course um, out on a closed range where you have really experienced riders giving you some amazing tips that could save your life. It's a worth worth the investment, and of course, it's a great investment. That, it's, a, it's a great yeah. investment, yeah. And it, and of course, the, another big thing is wear the right gear. Yes. It's all good and well if you're wearing Kevlar pants and a oh. jacket, and then you've got thongs on. Have I got a few stories about oh, that? Oh my goodness me! There's <laughs> yeah. nothing less attractive than someone with no toes. Wow. Yeah, you're listening to uh, Beck Lawther from uh, Highway Patrol, North Melbourne. Stay tuned for some more Highway Patrol on the Glow Show. Join ninety four point nine. You're listening to The Glow Show on Joy. Back soon. More of your favourite shows. Joy 94.9. Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. And you're back with our special edition road safety episode of The Glow Show. Alert, alert. With our special senior leading constable. (laughs) Will and Gabby here with The Glow Show and... Highway Patrol Officer Beck Lawther. Sorry, I had to force my way in to take over the microphone, but it was an emergency. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> but we needed you. Because leading into these this holiday period, it's Easter, it's holidays, it, people are off school, some people are off work. Um, we've got um, public holidays. Yep. There's a lot more people on the road. We're talking about how the road toll or the road deaths yeah. on the roads this year have increased by 42-odd percent. Oh, craziness. Crazy, it's crazy, just gone crazy. insane. Yeah. And we want to make sure that these holidays, there isn't an increase like there tends to be every year. Yeah. And so far, speed and alcohol have been a big contributing factor to those collisions. So They always are. I'm not sure what else I can add to those two things. Don't drink, don't speed. Um, but if you want to talk, let's talk about Easter coming up, that mm. long weekend, and let's try and be a little bit proactive so put some ideas in people's heads that perhaps they can refer to when they're getting ready for their trips. Like, and okay. talk about it among yourselves yeah. and your friends. That's so let's thing. talk about taking the kids camping with the caravan. When was the last time you towed the caravan? Yeah. Ah, yeah. This Never. is a huge Never. thing, right? And a lot of people get anxiety towing caravans, and that's understandable. They are massive. And people get angry because there's a caravan in front of oh, them. You beat me to it. I was right. going to say, a lot of people get anxiety because oh, they're stuck behind a caravan. A caravan. Don't <laughs> get around it. Okay, first of all, Great Ocean Road. Mm. Oh, dear. Yep. Let's talk about the Great Ocean Road. I'm you just, know what? My oh, heart is just... Goodness, <laughs> yeah. Here, let's go through a conversation. Right. Gabby, you can, you can be um, my partner, and we've got the kids and the dog in the back with the caravan. Oh, perfect. Hey, family. honey, do you want to go from July? Along on the Great Ocean Road, just the funsies to get to Wire River? For sure. Oh, what a I great idea. View. Let's do 25 kilometres an hour through the Great Ocean Road and I've never towed a caravan for about 12 months and I'm not sure, even sure how to hitch it up properly. <laughs> that's okay. We can do that. Yeah, we can do that. What's the worst that could happen? Nothing. Yeah, let's go swimming. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> so just be reasonable. Mm. You want to go on the Great Ocean Road? Great idea. But take the inland route to wherever you're going. Please do. Dump the caravan and then go for a nice drive. That's a great idea. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And take the dog. And take the dog. Oh. And then a couple of bags for the kids in the back that are going to be sick. But let's just mm-hmm. like make sure you know what you're doing with the caravan when you're hitching it up. Make sure it's hitched up properly. Please attach the chains. They're there for a mm-hmm. reason. If you are not sure how to do it, 
then get some help because the last thing we want to see is detached caravans or jackknife caravans or caravans that haven't been serviced you still have to service your caravan make sure the tires are in good working order Mm. make sure the suspension is correct make sure the lights Lights, are working properly and of course you have to if you don't have any visibility out the sides you need to add additional mirrors to your to your car sometimes you see those you know you can get the additional ones that are strapped onto the side and they stick out further if you don't have those you can't see so you're changing lanes blindly so So this poses a quick question to me i know absolutely nothing about caravans Mm. and i hope to never know anything about caravans but nevertheless uh, are people getting into caravanning and not getting the skills Um, oh yeah definitely definitely so this is really a problem that's starting to show definitely and they don't i think the big thing is you you changing the capability of your car yeah you're changing the braking capacity of the car yeah you you have to i mean all caravans have uh brakes do you think so, you see caravans that have been jackknife mm. jack, is that a lack of driver skills or is it a is that a poor combination of car and the caravan that they're towing uh, it can be uh, all of those things yeah. a lot of, a lot of the issue comes with people not knowing how to um get out of a sticky situation so if their caravan starts wobbling they put the brakes on which is the last thing you want to do you want to actually accelerate out of that so if your caravan starts uh swaying sometimes putting the brakes on is just going to exacerbate that situation it is yeah. so it's it's just learning those things you can go and do um courses on how to tow and not just caravans but boats and you know large trailers horse floats yeah learning how you know learning how to reverse properly you know all of these things people just you know because there is no restriction on education in relation to towing people just think oh it's it's easy but my dad taught me how to tow a trailer and I was petrified the first time I had to do that because you automatically become extremely long. You have to turn differently. Mm. You have to reverse differently. You have to brake differently. It's a whole different world. Exactly. And if your car hasn't got the capacity, you know, a lot of people don't realise that there's a capacity. There's a hitch capacity mm-hmm. in relation to weight. So, And there's a car towing capacity. So if your car can tow two tonne, for example, but you have a hitch on the back that can only carry, or the, the tow bar that can only carry one tonne, well, you can only carry one ton. Yeah. So a lot of people get confu- confused about that or they don't realise. So you have to make sure that you're towing what your vehicle and your tow hitch is c- capable of and towing. And where is that information found? So your t- so the manufacturer vehicle manufacturer information is available either in your owner's manual or you can get that online. And the hitch information is actually stamped into the hitch. It will tell okay. you what That's the good. maximum tow capacity and braking tow capacity is. So now, Beck, you, we're talking about uh, obviously the, the road toll has jumped significantly in the last couple of months. Mm. You said alcohol has mm. also contributed to this problem. Yeah. I, I still find it incredible that um, people are, are still drink driving nowadays. How the statistics. There's just too much of this happening. What's going on? Uh, I mean, again, we just look at the time of the year, I guess. We've got the new year, we've got. Uh, Labor Day, we've got Australia Day, we've got these long weekends, we've got this fine weather and people are starting to to do that sort of little risk assessment in their head or I'll just have a couple of beers or I'll just, you know, maybe I'll just have a couple of wines and I wasn't going to drink but it's such a beautiful day and, you know, now they're making these terrible decisions and it's, you know, resulting... So not only are accidents happening but uh, is the... What would be the right word? Uh, You know, you've caught... The drink driver numbers. Numbers. Have yeah, I don't catch. have the actual stats no, in relation to how many. But it's definitely up at the it's moment. It's definitely up. Yeah, it's definitely a, a contributing factor to our fatal collisions. Yeah. So do you think the key is here that just people are getting complacent and not talking about it? And 
look, I had one drink last week and it was fine. And Yeah, look, it's really hard to know what the psychology of that aggregate is, but yeah. it's, it's, it's disturbing that it can be up 42.5%. And alcohol and speed relating, you know, relating to those uh, collisions is also up. I mean, it's not hard to do the maths for that one. Um, st- reduce your speed and don't drink and drive. Another quick question I have. Do we have any problems with trucks on the road nowadays? I mean, there just seems to be a lot more bigger trucks racing around the roads. In the city? Everywhere. Oh, well, the city is a massive issue at the moment mm-hmm. and it can't really be helped. We've got the Metro Rail tunnel being built we've got massive infrastructure changes and we've got building works everywhere so just about nearly every street you go down in in the hoddle street grid anyway has got either a lane closed mm. um or there's heavy vehicles coming in and out so um our office particularly because we cover the city of melbourne um are overtly aware of issues with trucks and and they are also know that we're watching that is what i wanted to hear because i'm just getting the feeling i drive at the speed limit best yeah. i can yeah and i'm getting horrendous size trucks just racing past me at mm. horrific speed and mm. it's just cringing yeah cringeworthy so yeah that i mean they're under a lot of pressure to be delivering what they needed to be you know need to be delivering uh because of the tight area that they have to work in you know you might see that there's a specific area for trucks to pull up and deliver which mm. have a uh, concrete barrier on one side and then fencing and then they've got cranes there to take what they need off the trucks and that's they've opened that up to a period of time so that can put the tri- drivers under a lot of pressure and we're putting the builders under a lot of pressure to reduce that stress on the drivers so they don't take unnecessary risks. With that in mind also of course we've got bicycles still coming into the city mm. and we're trying to get them to reduce the amount of trucks coming in during that commuter time just to 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 reduce that risk of, you know, a vulnerable road user and a heavy vehicle because, as you can well imagine, that is disastrous. The one thing that's working with us is our low speed in the city. So although it's very congested, that works to our favour because it's very low speed. You know, people aren't doing much more than 20. Now, talking about the increase in road deaths Mm. uh, and some silly driving and some silly decisions people are making, I know there's been a lot of media from Victoria Police about a particular operation we're doing over this long weekend and holiday yep. period. Yeah, so uh, because the road toll is, we've lost control, all of a sudden mm. it's up so high, um, Police Command have started an operation Kinetic and that's basically um, the Highway Patrol members and other members, we're actually working on our days off. Mm. So we're coming in on our days off uh, to work this operation um, solely for traffic policing. So we're not available to go and do other jobs. We're just there for tra- for traffic policing, and that that's where it's at. That's how much of an emergency it is. We're so uh, the, the road toll has just exploded so much that now I've got to work on my days off. And I can't remember that happening before, where they've called people in off days off and holidays not, to not, work. Not in such an unplanned mm. sort of event. You know, normally, you know, sometimes we might work. Um, op- Operations, you know, long weekends, for example, mm. we know are coming up, or um, Christmas or New Year, and we sort of all know that that's we about to happen. That. We plan that. This is this is unplanned, and we've had to do something, and that's what Police Command have decided to do: is that we need more police out in the roads, and we need we need to be in and amongst it because so- something's happening, and people are losing their lives. So, um, we've all got to make sacrifices, I guess. You know, road policing. Um, officer, this is a, some of the things you got to do. you got to work on your days off. It's amazing too that people don't talk about it, but every time there's a life lost on the road, 
that's not a life affected, that's a family affected. Oh, it, you know, and it just, you know, and even the emergency services workers, you know, there's some jobs that you turn up to and you're like, well, I'm going to be remembering, you know, this for years to come. Mm. Um, so the ripple effect is crazy. And, you know, if you want to talk about um, the pecuniary effect as well, like mm. the, the, the money that goes into, you know, what happens and it, it's devastating. It really is. It's not just a matter of, it, you know, going for, you know, the amount of time, one hour or, and it's just one person or that it's affected. It's, it's, it is. It's a plethora mm. of people. And we can't forget about distracted driving mm. because if we, people are going away, long weekends, away with the family, yeah. friends, colleagues, whoever you're away with, you're in the car, yeah. you're distracted, there's a dog bouncing around, there's kids in the back screaming, yeah. uh, you've got your phone, the movies are on, yeah. there's a lot going on, we yeah. need you to be concentrating You've been up on at 5am because you've been packing the car and getting the caravan Fatigue, ready. And there's a whole lot of Watching things. a YouTube video on how to hitch up a caravan. <laughs> it definitely is getting more challenging out there. Yeah. And uh, look, it, as we say, we, we don't really want to preach to you what to do. But or, we are. But we are in this case a little mm. bit well, only because we don't want anybody dying exactly like, the important thing is is mm. that just get together with your family and your friends regardless of your age group and how or what you drive on the road and i think it's uh, very timely to talk about this issue now and we will be podcasting this episode almost once we finish today tonight, tonight. Yep. so um please share it yep. send it out to your friends and family make sure that they listen to it there's really handy hints here just be safe on the road be safer mm. make an extra effort to be more aware and think of your family and everybody else's families beck thank you for coming in tonight it's delightful it has been delightful but uh, we'll have a bit of a highway patrol sorry episode. i'm just not as funny today <laughs> well but next no, time hopefully we will be yes yeah, hopefully we'll, we have better news next time we'll talk about cars please take more. care everyone we're all responsible yes please take care and you all both take care out there and look thank you for the support and, and uh keeping us all safe out there so you all be good and uh, yeah you've been listening to Beck and Gabby and me Will on the Glow Show join 94.9 have a great week that's it from us today. Thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy. Tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes. So if you missed anything important, you can hear it again now. Please support the volunteers who make the Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media. The Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tayak and edited weekly by me, Jason Gibbs. See you next time on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.